message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Amen to that. Worship could go all day long. That's awesome. That'll wake you up. Uh, To all the dads, before I forget, absolutely awesome, awesome. Happy Father's Day. Hope you guys enjoyed everything they've done. So, and especially to those dads that just pause, take time, and and let their kids let their kids know that they see them, that they love them. Thank you to those dads that go that extra mile because that's massive, massive ripple effect. My name's Andy Peterson. I'm originally from Minnesota, the mosquito and, and uh, uh, walleye, but I got smart, moved down to Tennessee, and uh, it was 60 below windshield, you know, two dozen years ago, and I said, see ya. And uh, my wife's from Tennessee, so I got smart, moved over there. And uh, yes, we have a lot of California people. I have five neighbors California, but y'all are awesome. I mean, so... But mountain lions, if you're outside, if you're out there and all of a sudden somebody yells mountain lion, I hope, hope that it gets your attention because if not, you got to check yourself because these animals are so, so crazy powerful. The males can get up to 200 pounds, females easily 150 pounds. They've been tracked from Minnesota to Maine. They got like 150 miles uh, uh, territory. They usually go after deer as their favorite. They've been known to take down moose, elk, even porcupine, so there's live porcupine for lunch out there, so good luck. I'm just kidding. Um, but the power is insane. Power is insane. You ever been in a weight room before, brother? Yeah. If I ask and I get more ladies that have been in weight rooms than guys, then I'm going to, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to. All right, so the big 45-pound plates, if you put two of those in your mouth, with an extra 10 pounds, you got 100 pounds in your jaws. Never once touch that weight with your hands or your arms. Get on an end zone, goal post to goal post as fast as you can sprint. When you get to the end of the other side, 100 yard football field, you jump up onto a 10 foot basketball rim, you still got that weight in your mouth. If you take the weight off, double that, 20 feet. Um, so the, I mean, just, just think about that a little bit. Go ahead and put 100 pounds and do a football field dash. See how that works out. If you're standing in a 100 by 50 basketball court, no running start, and you absolutely just, no running start, and you're standing at that half court line, jump as far as you can. A mountain lion can get all but 10 feet to the other side, 40 feet, easy. So the, the six foot, eight foot fences, I mean, there's nothing to them. So the power is insane. Usain Bolt was clocked at 28 miles an hour. Um, mountain lions can go 50 miles an hour. Just ridiculously powerful. And, uh, but what I'm going to share is just absolutely real and raw. I am literally going to hopefully put you on the trail. And so you guys can just kind of picture for yourself Thank you, brothers and sisters, to just opening up your, your home here, because um, this is home. I mean, this is home. And uh, I mean, look around how many different people. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you dress. I don't care. What I care is what's in here, 
Turn that stupid news off. Turn that stupid woke off. Turn all that junk off that wants y'all just to nitpick each other and divide. And ah, oh, man, come on, unite, sitting down here like family. Um, but I just want to get real humble with you guys and real with y'all and just share what happened. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope you can just take something from that and better yourselves, better your family, better your neighbors, better your job, your school, your household, something I hope you can take from, from what I shared today because it's just going to be real. And, uh, but I grew up in uh, Minnesota, and I call it the Brady Bunch. And uh, some of you guys know the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I just told my age. So I graduated in 92. I'm almost 50 years old. I got two awesome kids. They're grown. I got two new dads that were in the back. Um, they're just crying. They ain't getting enough sleep. Yeah, I said it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but mine are 20, 21-year-old, and it's so cool as a dad that, you know, your family is just serving together. Um, we run a college-age volleyball ministry back in Tennessee. Um, that's how I, I hopefully can... Have to stay in shape somehow, right? So keep the, but the college kids, we, we just love it. It's just awesome. Um, just connect and give them purpose as they find their paths in life. But yes, I grew up in Minnesota, the Brady Bunch. My parents got divorced when I was in preschool. And divorce was like, whoa, what just happened? And one week I'm over here at my dad's and that's how I can act because that's the rules of the house. And the next week I'm over here at my mom's and oh, that's the rules of this house. And so I can get away with this, but I have to be like this and back and forth next week and oh wait, this week and this week. And okay, and it, it just starts tearing you up and you start going, what, wait, who, where am I at? And it just, that was my foundation. You know, when they got divorced, it just blew up. Um, and I, so I started searching for something solid, something secure, something I could hold on to in life as I'm growing up. And I, I started searching relationships and parties and drugs and drinking and the whole, my first taste of liquor, I took off the counter in my parents' house in kindergarten. Hello? Kindergarten. I knew where the liquor cabinet was in kin, by, by kindergarten. I mean, Crazy. Um, fifth grade, uh, I started buying cigarettes, and uh, seventh grade was my first taste of weed, marijuana, and I'm not talking about the medical, you know, um, stuff, I'm talking about smoking dope, you know, um, but back in 92 and 90s and 80s, you know, 16% THC level, man, it's over 60, 70% nowadays. It's a drug that will mess with you, period. You can't convince me otherwise, and it also leads to more. I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. And so the hallucinogens, I went after those in about 11th, 12th grade. Um, the acid, cocaine, crack cocaine. Thankfully, I never did needles in my arm because I couldn't sit down long enough. I always was thinking it took too long to mess with. So thankfully, I never did that. But it was there. It was right there. Um, but I was searching. I was searching, y'all, for something I could just hold on to because the family was a joke. Family was a mess. I couldn't tell you how many counselors they threw us at. But, um, you know, and then we went, you name the label of the church, and I hate religion. You name the label of the church, and we got drugged there hoping that everything's good. It ain't, it's about a relationship. Nothing to do with religion, period. And, and so they, parents were trying to drag us all over the place, and I'm like, that's not the issue, man, the core issue. I'm trying to find something I can stand on. And so I started fighting with my parents big time. And uh, fighting with my mom, and that don't make you too, feel too good. You're sitting there screaming at your mom and, you know, making her cry. My dad was 6'1", 
big boy used to bench 350 before all his back uh, surgeries and such. And um, he'd tell you today if he was around, if uh, um, that my boy would have been, my boy is my height until God humbled him down a foot. So, you know, you're all about my height sitting down. So that explains my 5'6", right? Um, but I, I, I sleep well on airplanes. So there you go. But yes, so my family, it was just a mess. And I started searching. I I went on a solo trip after high school. Went from Minnesota, Montana, down to Arizona through Colorado. Had a buddy in Colorado, and we partied it up, loved it. Went back home, fought even more with my family. I said, I got to get out of here. I got, I'm out. This is, I can't do this anymore. I got three um, stepbrothers. I got two adopted brothers. I got a real sister out of the whole mix-up, you know, um, so if they dropped the 20 bucks and I snagged a 20, my lucky day. And, uh, you know, sitting there fighting with dad, you couldn't tell me any different because I'm a man, I got all the answers, you know, don't tell me what to do. Did it? I was arrogant in myself and uh, screaming at mom, I had to get out of there, had to get out of there. But I needed money. I was a broke kid. I was a little pothead punk, broke. I knew my grandma had some money. Okay, let's play this game. Come on, let's play this game. Hey, grandma, yeah, da, 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 I'm moving to Colorado. Can I get a little bit of money? She didn't even hesitate. She turned around, opened a checkbook, wrote a check, folded it in half, handed it to me. I threw it in my wallet, you know, and gave her a hug. Love you. Come visit. Uh-huh. Man, I didn't even care. I just was hoping, I hope that's enough. I hope that's a lot. And uh, packed everything up into U-Haul, had my car in the back, I was 20 years old, no goals, no job, no school, no nothing lined up. Just 20-year-old kid living the fast lane, rolling out Minnesota, headed to Colorado. I have no clue what's in front of me, but I don't have to tell anybody where I'm going or what I'm doing because it's just me now, right? I'm going out here to make, make it, do my own thing. Don't need you, Mom. Don't need you, Dad. I'm doing my own thing. I'm good. So I rolled out and got halfway to Colorado. Stopped, got gas, and went, oh, yeah. Oh, how much did she leave me? Got the checkbook, you know, check, or took the check out, opened it up. Staring at a 20-year-old kid with no job or school lined up or goals. $10,000 check? Ho, 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 I never seen that. Threw that back in my wallet, and, you know, I thought, yes, this is awesome. Call my buddy, dude, get me a big old gallon bag of weed. I don't want to worry about it. Drinks on me, I'm rolling in. Sure enough, I rolled into Denver. I'm from a 15,000-person town one hour straight west of Minneapolis. You roll into Denver, that's culture shock. You all laughing at that because you're people of you. But I rolled out there, and it was huge to me. I mean, I didn't know which way to go. It was just all city, all concrete. But we went out there, we tore it up, we closed every club and adult club we could find that night, just hitting the te- tequila shots rolling, the cocaine lines are going, you know, and we roll into one club, my buddy, well, my little red sports car, and my buddy goes, now be careful, be careful. Man, there's cops all over here, don't be stupid. Yeah, all right, all right. We run out, we, we're done, they're closing up that club, and we get out in the parking lot. Next thing I know, I got a, a guy in my arms, we're, we're like headlocked down in the pavement, you know, we're fighting. And next thing I go, wait, 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 you said something about cops. And I threw him off, and I jumped in my little sports car. All of a sudden, my door opened up, my passenger door, and my, my buddy jumps in, and they split, he fell and split his face 
broke his face on the pavement. He's just bleeding everywhere. I don't know if he was shot, stabbed, what. I just, whoa, 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 whoa. Had no idea where to go. Couldn't get back to the apartment. Had no clue where any hospital was. And I didn't want to see a cop. So I just start driving around. And all of a sudden, the road gets really, the curbs get really tall. The dotted line start, disappears. And now I'm on a curve and those walls get bigger, and the, 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 the road gets skinnier. And at the end of that curve, I see this box truck, like food truck shape vehicle coming around the corner, and I just kind of went, uh, how are we going to get around each other here? And right then, the light bar on top of this vehicle goes off. And I realize, of all vehicles, here's this ambulance that I'm about to do a head-on collision with. We got about two feet stopped. They ran up to the car, saw him. They took him, said, we can wait for the car. Oh, no, no, you go, get out. And we'd all, you know, how many tur tur point turnarounds to try to get through that ramp. All these cars are backing up, honking. It was me going the wrong way on I-25, which was a main interstate in, in Denver. Me. Thank God that ambulance was there. You think that would have slowed me down a little bit. Nah, devil hooks you every time he can. We rolled out, not my wife now, but the girlfriend at the time had dad out in California here, lived in a trailer park, and he, she said he's got some good stuff. Well, let's roll. We rolled through Vegas, never been there, almost got arrested. Nope, made that. Let's keep going. Come on. Got out. Well, there's Hollywood sign. We rolled through there, got to his, his you know, trailer out there in the trailer park, and I said, cool, I have no idea who these guys were. Um, they are rough looking, but they were nice, you know, rolled in. Hey, guys, hey. And all these guys are doing crack cocaine, smoking it, shooting up needles. I mean, everywhere you looked, it was happening. Two days went by before I walked down the hallway to the bathroom, and I look in the mirror, and I don't even recognize myself. Just black under my eyes. I haven't ate in days. Just, just feel cold and numb and face feels hard. I'm like, that scared me. Man, that scared me a little bit. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. And I walked out of the bathroom and I said, I'm out. I'm out. And I got in my car and I just, there's 10 lanes, there's Hollywood sign as fast as I could. I couldn't shove that pedal through the floor of that car fast, hard enough. I'm going 130 through, 130 miles an hour, you know, through Utah. I couldn't get to Denver fast enough to try to leave that place. I get back to Denver and, you know, if you think that would slow me down a little bit, nah, no. Ah, oh, yeah, made it. Whew. I was close. Go get the mail. There's a big stack of mail and overdue, overdue, overdue. Yeah, I'll get to it later from my bank. Y'all, in a couple months, I smoked and drank away $10,000. I was dead broke. I did not want to crawl home like a loser. I don't, no, 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 I don't, you know, I can do it. I don't need mom, dad. I'm, I'm not going to go home, you know. Um, oh, sorry, I can't, I need you. Uh-uh, forget it. So I started finding all these odd jobs. You know, I learned how to, how to uh, clean and do triangles and um, 
in the carpets at these big mansions and businesses in Denver and professional cleaning, and that didn't last. I got fired from that because I didn't show up hungover. I went back to um, roadway package systems as a 100-degree 100, 100 trailer and 50-pound boxes flying down the conveyor belt, and I'm playing the Tetris game trying to keep up putting these boxes in this trailer and, and uh, you know, got fired from that. I didn't show up from that, and, and you don't think the devil tries to hook you. Of all the construction sites in Denver... I roll up to this one construction site and beg them for the job. The head honcho goes, all right, laborer, 10 bucks an hour, keep this place spotless. Thanks, man. I connect with the guy and has his apprentice for steel stud framing. And it just so happens he has some of the best dope in Denver. Oh, boom, score. We got high in the morning, we got high at lunch, we got high leaving, you know, it was, it was, it was a mess. Boss man comes down and says, uh, uh, you, you, too slow, you're out. I went back to my apartment and that broke me. That broke me, job after job after job after job. That one hurt, that one hurt. I was so broke, the eviction was just crawling up my back, ready to kick me out. Any day, I had no place to go, sleep in my car, but I couldn't even afford that. Insurance, gas, tires, I mean, it was adding up fast, and I was busted. It's funny, when you're so broken and your pieces laying everywhere, the bigger picture is God goes, now I can rebuild you. Amen. I didn't know that. All I knew is how do I get money? How do I play the game? I don't want to sit and sell drugs. I don't need to end up in prison. Oh, whoa, 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 hey, mama, mama. Yeah, you said you'd help me out a little bit if I'd go back to school, you know, book school. Oh, yes, son. Yeah, we'd be happy to help you. Just send us a list. Of, yeah, I can do that. So sure enough, I put together a list of books, list of classes. She sent the checks. I canceled most of them. I canceled most of those books, orders, and most of those classes, but I got that check. Totally played the family. Just to keep that fast lane, drug life rolling, my party life going. Can't mess with that. Sorry if there's any engineers in here. I went to, started the school as an engineer, and I went, oh, I'm bored out of my mind, and I'm sorry. Engineers, we need you, love you. Um, and then I saw in the, the school program book, it said park ranger, oh yeah. Fishing, boating, hiking, camping. Yes, that's, hey, there we go. Let's give that a shot. I, I should breeze through that. I love that stuff. And sure enough, that was enough to get my, my foot in the door of gate attendant dispatcher at Chatfield State Park, where Chatfield State Park is massive. You see the, the foothills, Red Rocks Amphitheater, you know, and then you get Pikes Peak back in here, you all the big 14ers. But Chat, Chatfield State Park, smack dab right in the middle right there. Big old lake, you get 400 boats, an eight hour shift, you got hot air balloons, you get the, the people walking their dogs, you got the horse stable, you got mountain bikes. I mean, it's just, really, it's like an amusement park outside. And uh, 15 miles southwest of that was a park that was just cool and peaceful and tranquil and I found a little hiding spot just away from all the noise. And it was Roxborough State Park. 
And Roxborough State Park's pretty awesome. They have a north trail, a south trail, and then a smaller one, if maybe if you're in a hurry or can't walk well or what have you. Really nice, peaceful one down in the, just kind of in the center around everything. My favorite was a 3.2-mile trail up on Carpenter's Peak. And you got to stay about one foot. I mean, the trail itself is about one, maybe two feet wide because the scrub oak is so tight, you can't just wander off wherever you got to go. Pretty much got to stay on the trail. It has switchbacks and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's tight. But up on top, oh, the panoramic view is just breathtaking, stunning. You can see Denver International Airport, which is an hour away, drive easy. And after that, the plains as far as you can see. And then up on the north, you got Estes Park, Boulder, Rocky Mountain, you know, all those red rocks is all up there. That's an hour drive. Behind you is the big peaks, you know, the 14ers, they call them. Just as everywhere you look, it's just seen. Just breathtaking color. It's just fantastic. And I would take this hike once a week. This was kind of my little spot, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and, and I, I show up one day. And so April 30th, 1998 shows up. I get up, I'm in a hurry that day, all right, I got, but I want to do my hike, you know. So I show up at the park and say hi to the park rangers, they knew me, I knew them, hey, same, same trail, yep, yep, see you guys. They had a sightings board, whiteboard, and, and like if you went on a hike and saw white-tailed deer, you know, hey, yeah, I saw them, you know, bear with cubs or what have you, you know, eagle, hawk, fox, whatever you want to say um, that you saw, you know, you, they'll mark down the date so you can kind of see all the animals and the dates. There was a mountain lion on there, but, you know, years ago um, that they had on there. Well, Minnesota, I was walleye and mosquitoes, so bring an off spray. I mean, that's my thoughts, you know, I didn't, I wasn't used to none of this stuff. Had a little pack, orange water bottle, had almost like a multi-purpose, you know, knife on there. You couldn't carry a firearm in State or National Park. That's just stupid, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, oh, I'll protect what God's blessed me with, I can promise you that. <laughs> but you couldn't carry all of that, you know, it's a, it was a felony. Well, I'm a park ranger, I can't go for the felony if I get caught with it. So, I want to take the hike. So yes, April 30th showed up, gorgeous day. Clear blue skies, there wasn't a, a completely cloud, cloudless, there was no wind whatsoever, just gorgeous bright blue skies. I show up and I start up of the trail. There was one guy, you know, he's, he was coming down, I kind of looked at him, quick high. Four ladies were on their way down, I was closer to the top, you know. I couldn't even look him in the eye and give him sincere hello, didn't care. Didn't care. All I cared about was, was oh, it was my spot up there. It's my chair, my little rock chair up there, you know. My spot, my spot. All, always me, me, me. And I went up on the top, and sure enough, yeah, you know, there's my spot. Cool. So I sat down, ate the orange, half the water bottle, and I went, ah, man, I'd love to sit up here for a while. I got to get going. I got errands to do. Started my descent. And a bright thing of purple white caught my eye right on the trail and I didn't see it on the way up I'm like huh that's kind of cool and right then a little breeze came over and some little cloud pockets were coming over like a breeze was coming over the ridge at the top of the mountain up there at the summit and it brought my eyes down a little bit I knew something didn't feel right something was off and I took my eyes down and right underneath this little pine tree I saw this big brown fur that's a lion 
That's a mountain lion, dude. He's right. There's, there's nobody here. I could see the visitor center. Oh, I wanted to scream, look at, look at, it's right here. There's one right here. And I knew that was dumb. So I reached into my pack and I took my little, you know, multi-tool knife thing. I started folding all, 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 all the blades, make a little makeshift weapon. And you could hear these snap sounds or whatever it was gnawing on under the tree. See, mountain lions will go for the surprise ambush. They love going for the head and neck area and they'll grab it surprise ambush and they go for that and sever the spine and break the vertebrae then they whatever they have they drag it off and that's their dinner for a few days so whatever it's got you can hear the snap sounds of the bones sitting under these this tree and and you know all of a sudden the head shot up looked that way and I just froze and then went right back down like it didn't even see me and I'm going there's no way this thing doesn't know I'm up here and I had this makeshift weapon and I realized well if we if we go at it if we start fighting you know, I got these, all these blades. I started folding in the blades so I don't stab my own gut. Folded in the screwdriver part of the knife and made this snap sound back into the case. And right then, I went, and in a blink of an eye, they're so fast, so fast. From the time I'm staring at it and I heard that noise, and I looked at it and looked right back. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Trailed it a U shape. And at the end of that U, looking out, you saw this head. But the two eyes were so crisp and so vivid, just absolutely just grab you, pull you right up, like, almost like nose to nose. Like, I got you. I mean, just crisp, just your life just stops you just staring. So we had about a five, almost 10 minute stare off. And I started backing up and that scrub oak kind of broke our line of sight. And in a blink of an eye, that line was right in front of me. Head came above my waist. I mean, I could have reached out and pet it. The ears were pointing out in a, in a pounce position. You could see the four dominant teeth, little black uh, rotted flesh from whatever was gnawing on under bottom of each tooth, the four main teeth. You know, gorgeous coloring. And I kind of took one step down. The line kind of took one step up, almost like we're just going to change spots and, hey, I'll be on my way. And, and, uh, let out this vicious growl, almost like just a scream, you know, female type scream sound is what they do. And I took one more step and bam, slammed into me, knocked the pack off. I had the pack knocked off. I dropped, almost dropped the shirt, the claws, just enough to get in, to get in my chest, break the, break the skin enough. Of the, I jumped back up on the trail. The line jumped up again, missed. 90 yards down the trail, we're running. Back off, back off. This lion's just walking with me. No effort whatsoever, just, just walking. And I got the shirt in front of him, just trying to keep something, some barrier between us. And we got to almost like three boulder steps, almost like these ultra steps, half of those, you know, three foot drop. And I got to the top of that and I swung with my pack and shirt and just anything to try to hit it. Like, hey, as soon as they don't know they got the advantage, they back off. I'm just trying to get them, hey, I'm, uh-uh. Line just backed up. I took a swing with the knife again. It's like slow motion right by its face. I'm like, somebody's got to be coming up here. Somebody, where's, where's, where's everybody? And I jumped down those three-foot drop, and that was the first time me and that line, eye to eye. Boom. Claws, the paws, 
hit me with such force. We, we flew down and took two three-inch diameter trees and popped them off like toothpicks, the force of this line slamming into me. Well, I heard this loud thud as the back of the line slammed up against the big bush. The bottom claws were all by my knees. The top claws, you could start hearing pop, 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 breaking the skin in my neck, started pulling me down really tight. You could see right down this lion's mouth. The, the bottom of the jaw was at the top of the forehead. The top of the jaw was in the back of the head. <laughs> Bit twice. Enough to where now I'm starting to see some blood in front of me. There's a tooth. I'm down on my knees just trying to let go, let go. Oh, it's so tight. It's so tight. And I'm as hard as I could with that knife just trying to dig in, bust into the throat. And I couldn't get through. I couldn't tear open that fur. I was so tough. I couldn't get into that. I took a couple swings at the top of the head and the knife didn't have a lock on it, started folding into my own hand every time I'm now punching it. The claws loosened up, took two big swings, one connected a four inch gash, loud pop right underneath my eye, millimeter from my eye. Claws went back in my neck, a couple more pop sounds and ugh, just pulled me down like that vice grip was just tight. Oh, the power. helplessly had to sit there as I heard four more four more bites raking on the top of my head now it was all like a waterfall of red and all of a sudden I started seeing stuff I didn't want to see there's my family I was 24 years old this is the realest moment of my life this was the scariest moment in my life because I realized that's too much blood. I can't get out of here. My family started flashing through my head. Uh, 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 brothers and sister started flashing. My parents, my grandma, everybody started, wait, time out. I got to say sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I couldn't get out. Somebody's got to come up this trail somewhere. God, help me! I scream out to this God that I made fun of. I scream out to this God who I just mocked. My dad was, was a Christian. I, you know, a Jesus freak, I used to call him. I wanted nothing to do with this stuff. I was taught God's up there and I'm down there and that's that. Something good happened. About time something bad happened. Come on, man. You know? I'm screaming out, God, help me. Don't give up. I made you. I got a plan for you. I made you before you were even born in that womb. Don't let anybody. I have you in my hands. Do not give. You fight for that life. And I had this in my head. Just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. And I reached over, over our heads locked together. My head still locked in this lion's mouth. I felt, I felt two bumps. And immediately I realized it was a lion's eyes. And I went my thumb as hard as I could around the eyelid, around the, uh, you know, back around the eyeball or the back muscle. Just let go, let go. I had that knife open as hard as I could. I just swung. Loud squeal type chirp. The claws loosened up. The jaws loosened up. I threw my head back up. The lion's looking off sideways. All gray from me on the side. The... I was all gray and mushy, and, and, and I realized, okay, I started whipping all these baseball-sized rock at it, found a volleyball-sized rock, basketball-sized rock in the dirt, boom, hit it on the side, shuffled it down, now go, 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 go! From the time I first saw that line to now, I'm running for my life. 30 minutes went by. 
I had three and a half miles to go. I didn't know what I looked like. I just knew that blood was dripping. I, I, my legs were, go, 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 go. And I just started tearing down this, this mountain, you know, hitting the switchbacks, looking back, please don't chase me, please don't chase me. The last mile of that trail was an L shape, and I ran as fast as I could around that corner tree, looking back over my shoulder, please, please, no more. That corner tree, there's that lion staring right at me. I took about two more steps before it dawned on me that, brother, you better turn around. Otherwise, that thing, I'm just waiting to just feel this really powerful slam on the back. When I turned around, I didn't see this lion staring at me, ready to, ready to go. I saw this transparent face of Jesus. Oprah Winfrey asked me once, how do you know it was Jesus? Let me tell your awesome, you awesome brothers and sisters how I know without a doubt that that is a man that I got to know because when I saw him, when I saw that sweet face, the peace rushed through me like I have never felt in my life. That lion attack, that fear was instantly gone. It was like, I got you, brother. I got you. You want a second chance in life? Come on. Get down this mountain. Start living for me. I'll give you life back. So I have this in my head going, you could see my skull, the seven, eight inch gash running. I ran into a couple, they're sitting me down. I'm like, no, no, I got to get to the bottom. All I had was, I got to get to the bottom. I get my life back. I ran in, you know, they, they, they sat me down, laid me down in the visitor center as two of the ladies that heard me screaming, they were driving out of the park, turned around, ran back. They brought me back down, helped me to the visitor center, flight for life. Guys with masks all came, helmets, you know, they put putting IVs, had me all strapped on. First time I really, really felt pain was right there when everything was kind of done. Eight-minute helicopter ride to Swedish Medical Center, the surgeon that's been downtown Denver ER for 20 years. I guess I got a record, big deal. Two staple guns, 74 staples to fix the two feet of bite marks in my head. I had, I don't know how much, plastic surgery under my eyes and all kinds of stitches. Doctor comes in, he goes, by the grace of God, you're walking out of here four days. That dad, my dad, who uh, we never talked, maybe five minutes a year if, if, if lucky. You know, that Jesus freak, he flew out. Walked into the hospital room, he goes, hey, son. Father's Day. He dropped his pride. And he sat in that hospital room. Everybody out. I want to talk to my boy. I said, son, one little light, just him and I. Can I tell you about my best friend, Jesus? Amen. About, man, I was so tired. I was just exhausted. I just couldn't do it. I just, I was done. I threw it at the foot of God's cross, said, please help me. Oh, he gave me such awesome peace. Amen. And I knew then, as bad as I wanted to kick him out of that hospital, it, I couldn't because I knew that peace he was talking about was the same peace that I just experienced. So that night, me and my dad, just in that hospital room, said the sinner's prayer. That's what God got. 
One week later, I walked out, uh, one week after walking out of the hospital, that was mine. I was smoking dope in the stairwell of my apartment. Devil. <laughs> Hooks you. I went back, a big kegger party, bonfire party, you know, um, sitting there and the night turned really surreal and I realized really quickly, man, something's, something's wrong. And I went up to that fire, I had a joint and a beer in my hand and I heard as clear as I could staring at that really deep, hot pit. You need another lion, son? No. 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 The peace and joy which is eternal that I have today. No. I'd go through that a thousand times to get that in my life that I can share. Because once I have that relationship with my best friend, Lord and Savior Jesus, I can turn around and have that with my wife, with my kids. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And that's when I realize that I, no more. No, come on, come on. Yes, I got it back. That same peace that I felt in that hospital after my dad sharing, the same peace that I felt up on that mountain, I got it back, but I had to be all in. None of this garbage. I had to be 100% in serving Christ. God, faith, there's something right there that the movies are missing. It's called Jesus. Jesus. You say, ooh, Jesus. Every single person in here is battling some type of line. Size, color, I don't care what it is. Everybody's battling something. That dad that dropped his pride, he was the best man in my wedding. He was the prayer partner. And he'd be praying for you guys right now. And man, he's having a Father's Day like nobody's business. Not because of COVID. But before COVID, I held him in his last breath. All I said was, thank you. You know what he told me? Stay humble. Stay humble. But think of the Father's Day. Huh? I want to I wanna share two verses with y'all. Because I know my time's pretty much up. But I know if we were at the Super Bowl and there's a light on the 50-yard line and there's a microphone... Sorry, Pastor, from a few minutes. And there's a microphone out at the 50-yard line. Somebody taps you on the shoulder and you, oh, hey, Jesus. How are you doing? Can you go out there and tell them who I am? All these millions of people? Sure. You better be quick because I'll push you out of the way. I want you all, we actually lost a, uh, one of my kids' friends Got a little too hot-headed on a motorcycle before I... The day I flew here yesterday, hit something in the road, slammed into a house. Every bone, he died on impact. Don't know why. But God's using that moment right now to reach a lot of people in that town. Don't leave here without looking here. Don't leave here of looking down where are your feet planted. Ladies, absolutely never let somebody tell you you are not precious in God's eyes. Period. <laughs> guys, I'm going to challenge you guys right now. Throw the toxin, throw the poison, throw all that junk out of your house. Change the generations.
bring that light and bring that hope into that house. And if you're the one telling those women they ain't worth it, then you need to check yourself right now. But check where your feet are going. The very first verse I ever read in the Bible, I'll share these two verses and I'll show you one quick thing and, and I'll pray with you. The first verse I ever read in the Bible sitting in the back of the church was 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. It's my dad's favorite verse. It wasn't John 3, 16. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Don't like that, man, that awesome book. There's so much more. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I want you to seriously look at yourselves in your life. Not the one next to you, but right here. Uh, you guys got an amazing staff that absolutely loves you. I mean, th this is fantastic to bring you all together. There's a, a neighbor, and his neighbor was, didn't know who Jesus was, and he kept going over inviting them to stuff like this, the car show, the events, the men's dinner, whatever. Said, hey, brother, you want to come with? No, 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 man. I just bought me a brand new boat. I don't have time for that, that God, Jesus junk, whatever, it, whatever you guys do. I don't have time for that. Okay, well, if you want Change your mind, let me know. Sure, sure. Yep, got a brand new boat, so I need to spend time in that. Cool, cool. That looks good, yeah. All right, I'm off to church. Month later, he comes over. Hey, brother, we got another event. You want to come? I think you'll like it. No, man, yeah, remember that boat? Yeah, I bought me a brand new cabin. Biggest one on the lake. Cool, happy for you, man, happy. Happy. Keep buying, keep buying, keep buying. It won't fill that joy. That's eternal. He went back another month, said, brother, I got, I got the coolest event. You're going to love this. He goes, man, I bought me a, a remember all that cabin? It was tough to get to. I had to get me a, a plane so I could get to my cabin. So oh, I'm messing with that, bro. I got me a plane, you know, plane, the boat, cabin. I got, got plenty to do. Okay, okay. Well, I'll let you know if we have another one. I, this one I thought you'd like. No worries. Then the guy realized that boat getting old. The cabin starting to fall apart, new roof, what have you. So the guy comes over and he goes, hey, we got a really neat event. But anyway, I just want you to come. I think you'll love it. The fellowship's fantastic. The music's just over the top. Message is, I mean, powerful. You know, yeah, maybe I'll come. Sure, why not? I sold the boat, by the way. Yeah, it took too much. I even sold the, uh, the airplane. Cabin, too big for me. I don't need all that. It's just stuff. Stuff you got to dust. Man sat in the back. It's like an onion. Started, God just started peeling away. Man. And the guy at the end realized, you don't need that boat. Even though it's fun, you don't need that cabin. There's one thing you need in life. Jesus. There you go, brother. God bless you, man. I want to pray, but I want you guys to do something a little different. If you're loving Jesus as I'm praying, I want you to stand up and stand firm for Christ. If you're loving Jesus and maybe, you know, yeah, maybe I'll go. I met a lady at the, she worked at Subway. She hasn't been here in a while. I said, hey, we're having an event. Guess who came and shook my hand? 
Ask the waiter, waitress, I'll pray for you today. What do you need? Man, don't be surprised if they start crying. It's powerful to put a smile on somebody's face or hold a door for somebody. It don't take much, just a little grace, little grace. But as I'm praying and you love Jesus, I want you to stand. As, as I'm praying and you love Jesus, no more afraid, no more ashamed. You stand with me as I'm praying. You stand with me as I'm praying. Come on now, come on. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for your son. This is Father's Day, and you gave your only son, tortured, tortured on that cross, ridiculed, walking down that path, carried the weight of the world, but he is victorious. He's already won. We just got to trust him. Lord God, I got on an airplane 30,000 feet. I didn't know the pilot's but I trusted you, Jesus. All we gotta do is trust you. Lord, I pray right now that everyone can just put the junk at the foot of your cross. Open their hearts, open those doors that have been closed for so long, those dark, dark doors. Lord Jesus, I pray you shed your light and flood it, flood it. Rip those layers down. Break those chains, Lord God. When the, when the road is dark, you light it up. You repave that road. When that mountain's there, you knock that thing down, Lord God. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around each and every one here. That light that can never be put out, I pray that everyone has a desire to bring that into their homes. Your grace alone, when I was screaming your name and you turned your ear to me, I will serve you all of my days. Thank you so much, Jesus, for that one drop of blood for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Thank you, Andy. And hey, guys, before you leave, if anybody here is not saved, we want to give you that opportunity. Please come up. Come up, surrender your life to God. You guys have a good week. Love you guys. God bless. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.